0: Welcome to the Denver's. I'm Derek. I'm Quinn. And we are talking about the Denver Nuggets who have advanced to the conference semifinals after knocking off the Portland Trailblazers in six games. It is the first time the Nuggets have ever eliminated an opponent in a seven-game series on the road. And it's the first time they've won a playoff series in six games with in the Nikola Jokic era. Uh, right. So... Obviously, we'll probably talk a lot about game five, but just uh, tell me what your feelings were after watching the Nuggets take down Portland last night. It really, it felt uncanny
1: and weird. Like I had all this like misplaced stress that just had to dissipate because, yeah, I was totally expecting a game seven. Um, and then just to see, like the nuggets were getting just like outmatched for most of the game. And then it's always a surprise. The Nuggets have been a scrappy team for several years where they will fight back. And it's oftentimes you feel better if they're going into the fourth quarter a few points behind than with like a big lead. And it just felt like within that last like five minutes of the game, all of a sudden it got like so easy. Like things were just working out for them. And that's not how I've been conditioned to feel as a Nuggets fan. Like even like some of the, calls felt favorable. Um, yeah. Them.
0: The Rivers running into Lillard at least should have been a foul. And Lillard talked about that after the game where he was like, yeah, that completely threw me off my rhythm, which is on him a little bit. But also, like, how they didn't call a foul is just kind of crazy.
1: That's, well, I'd, for that one, I don't know exactly which one because there were like a few times I was like, oh, well, if you, it was, you're going to call a call on Damian Lillard. Lillard gets those calls.
0: Yeah, it was the one where he ended up on the ground for like five seconds, and I didn't see live what happened, but then I saw the replay, and like he and Rivers just collided, and it really seemed like they would call the foul on the Nuggets. Oh, uh,
1: well, I mean, the ones, the two that stood out to me, which also felt like big momentum ones, was uh, the foul they called on Nurkic on Jokic's three attempt, where. He actually didn't touch Jokic and then the out of bounds where it looked like it was definitely off of Jermichael Green instead of Carmelo. Um, I'm not here to complain about that at all. It happens, it's okay. Um, but it just was so like unnerving to see the Nuggets just look like, oh, snap, they're gonna win this. They're gonna pull it off and it's gonna be simple and I don't have to stress out <laughs> tomorrow to watch. Uh, to wait for game seven.
0: Um, And let's say by simple, they played really bad in the first half. We're only in the game because Porter went crazy in the first quarter. And then in the third quarter, we're down almost 20 points. I don't know exactly how, how big it got. And then we're able to come back and make it three. So it was not simple at all. Like that was not (laughs) how anyone would draw up how you win a basketball game. (laughs) No, no, not at all.
1: Because Porter was incredible in what, the first seven minutes of the game, yeah, where, and like I, outside of now Luca and Trey Young, I guess Devin Booker as well, I've just not ever seen a player who is just going to hit the shot regardless. And Porter, I think, so like 50% of his shots are not like advisable, but they just go in, Um, but you could, kind of tell from that point, it's like the Nuggets really need to get a different rhythm because he he cannot score every single point in this game.
0: Yeah. And the one thing, I mean, I've thought a lot about that Portland series from two years ago, like in the comparisons between these two series, because it was basically Jokic had to win the game for them or else they couldn't win. And that was really the difference was that Jokic plus someone had to win each of these games and Jokic got in foul trouble early. And because of Porter, they were able to stay in it. And that's what they didn't have two years ago. It's the only game of the series where Jokic had any foul trouble. Last The last two playoffs, there have been a, more two years ago where Jokic would get in foul trouble every single game. And it was like, no one was there to help pick up the pieces. And you were just like, how is this going to work? And they were able to stay in the game this time, which to me was the biggest jump forward where it was just Jokic and help this time. And yeah. for Portland, it was Lillard and nobody and then you, and he, and I was worried about uh, game six because he actually had help for the first time. Like everyone else seemed to be playing well in the first half. And you were like, we have no chance if we can't stop any of these people.
1: Yeah. I was like trying to convince myself, like, okay, so right now the Nuggets are like having a harder time scoring. Like all of the points they were scoring seemed difficult. Yeah. I was like, but it's almost too easy for Portland. And I thought about that logic. I was like, that actually doesn't bode well for the Nuggets. (laughs) The the shots aren't going to drop later. But yeah, I think the whole story of this series has been, of course, Jokic, but then also now with MPJ, it was those two who were going to be solid and reliable, and then one other person. So we got Austin Rivers, got Monte, I think game two, actually, Millsap like put in some great bench minutes and last night it felt a little more dispersed but you then just had everyone just fall into place in the fourth quarter and that I think that's that was seeing them gel in a way that I hadn't since Murray's injury
0: yeah no I agree and I think Sort of within this game, we can really talk about all of the things the Nuggets did well or poorly in the series. And starting with, I think we should talk about the two losses because they had some similar qualities in that the Nuggets just had disastrous third quarters in both of them. And it wasn't as bad in game one. It was still really bad. They were completely out of the game because the third quarter in game four, uh, Portland scored 36, the Nuggets scored 19, and the Nuggets were already behind. So the game was over. Yeah. Uh, in game one, it wasn't quite as bad, but the spread was almost exactly the same. Um, it was 38-25 uh, to 25 in, in game one. And so that was the thing the Nuggets did well in the third quarter this time, was they actually won the quarter when they were way behind. So what changed? Because we've known that the Nuggets' weakness has been third quarters the whole season, and it was in every game of the series except for this last one. So, what changed for the Nuggets last night that they did well in the third quarter?
1: I think they capitalized off of momentum. Like the big, big worry
0: for me in the first quarter was
1: that they were only scoring after Portland missed, Mm -hmm. but they couldn't keep up scoring back and forth. Um, So, I think they, in the third quarter, they settled down. Jokic got more aggressive. it's interesting. Like I gotta give my props to Nurk. It really did feel like if Nurk is able to stay out of foul trouble, it's gonna be really tough. Like so far, Nurkic looks like the strongest center to play against Jokic. Yeah, and a guy who I'm sure is absolutely fired up anytime he gets a chance
0: to yeah. match up against him. And that really worked for the most part for the first five games, and then that completely fell apart. And I mean, the four quick fouls that Nurkic got uh, just completely changed the game. Yeah, so I think that's
1: one big thing is so Nuggets capitalizing on momentum, but being more in the driver's seat on the offensive end, but then also just adjustments, like the halftime adjustments seemed to work. And there's nothing that you can do for stopping Dame Lillard, Mm -hmm. but he started missing shots. So that was one thing. Um, And they were – Nuggets were just able to – get the ball moving. Um, Monte Morris was able to put in some good buckets and it just felt like more of an overall game. Cause actually Porter kind of disappeared in the second half, which is, I think part of like his next step is he has a hot quarter, but can't keep up um, and keep it up for the whole.
0: And if it's true, like the fact that he told Malone to keep green in instead of bring him in, in the fourth quarter was like, that was an unselfish thing that definitely helped the team last night.
1: That wasn't, you look at
0: Porter just because
1: he feels like our unicorn um, people were calling for Malone to be fired for not playing him earlier in his career. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you like, I was watching the game happening, feeling the anxiety and then i noticed I was like, Porter's not in the game. Why is Porter not in the game? Coach, what are you doing? But then they like cut to him um, after somebody scored and he was smiling the biggest smile. And, I mean, that's just an amazing thing about teams buying in, especially if you look at um, the Lakers and how they unceremoniously bowed out. Like, you can tell this team is having fun with each other. And they truly just believe, like, yeah, okay, we're going to have a bad game, but we've got this.
0: Yeah. it's like, sorry, I... just looking to Jokic. Yeah. Like, we have him, so we'll be okay. Yeah. And I mean, I think that when you looked at the two benches and the two teams, like the Nuggets bench was always engaged in the game. It's clear that they really care about each other and Portland, I think that they like each other, but there was, there was never that like, we're going to lift you up. You know, we're, we're going to be the, the lift uh, for your team. And I think that that, I think it's rare that the Nuggets are like this. We've known this for a while, but I think that the rest of the country is now seeing like, oh, the Nuggets actually have something more special than we thought and something rare in the NBA. Like, I think last year, Bill Simmons did a thing where it's like, who isn't unhappy? And it was like Denver and one other team and every other team in the NBA was unhappy at that point (laughs) before the bubble. Um, And so I think that that was something that I really, like, I I think Malone deserves a lot of credit. There was some things in game five that I wasn't happy with with Malone, but otherwise, like, he's really done a lot. And like that hug slash kiss between him and Jokic at the end of the game was just like, It's great that we've come this far. I like Jokic. He did it to Lillard, Nurkic, and Carmelo.
1: Like, when they hugged, he, like, put his hand on the back of their head, which was, like, nurturing almost. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, this dude truly does feel his oats. He is, like, a fully realized superstar in this league.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And I uh, I think that that, like... That was the thing, and that's the thing for the rest of the Western Conference now that LeBron's gone, is that the Nuggets will have the best player in every series they play until the finals, if they make it Mm -hmm. to the finals. Um, And that just completely changes the series, because if you have the best player, you always have a chance to win. And even though, like, Lillard had the, the, you know, shooting that he did, he wasn't the best player on the floor, even in that. Like, the Nuggets won the Game 5 overtime game because Jokic was still overall the best player at the end of the game. Totally. Um, and
1: the team was yeah on a whole.
0: So another thing about game one that it didn't end up playing out was all of the Carmelo Anthony drama where it looked like the X factor in the series might be Mellow because of the way he was playing in game one and the national media was so mad that the Nuggets fans were uh, were booing him. And then that immediately stopped as soon as he got that technical on Jokic in game two. So like, how do you think about Mellow in this series? Okay,
1: well, I'm going to go on record and say I think it's kind of corny to still be booing mellow. Like, I get it, but just so much that happened in between. Um, and for me, like, I fell in love with basketball in the mellow era. So mm-hmm. it's just the first five years, it was, I had fun booing. It just doesn't feel fun anymore. But <laughs> I felt some type of way about it at, first because there was also like a video that a fan posted himself being just an absolute asshole to players and I was like you can't call grown men these words It just like it didn't vibe with me but then I saw the bad behavior in the rest of the league and I was kind of like Oh, actually,
0: Nuggets fans were chill. It's okay. Um, The worst thing they did was boo. They didn't run on the court. They didn't call anyone really horrible names as far as we know. Didn't throw water bottles at anybody. I mean, that was the weird, like, there are some NBA fans that clearly have not handled the pandemic well. Like, that was one of my takeaways of the first round in general.
1: Dude, I, like, my job is nothing about, like, emotion, it's nothing but emotional Mm-hmm. like intelligence and stability and expression of emotions and even masculinity. And especially I think the dude who threw the stuff at Kyrie after he stepped on the logo. I was like, this is a fella who really just needs to talk to other people about his, his life. Um, so yeah, I, I think again, so I, I, I am not in the boo camp.
0: Yeah. Me either. I was there and I did not boo. Um, so that uh, I will go down as that. I will also say that I understand that everyone deals with breakups in different ways. And so I do, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault anyone for booing. Mellow did not leave on good terms, but.
1: True, but I
0: feel like after
1: year five, so the, like the common uh, knowledge that I learned about breakups is that you have half of the length of the breakup to grieve the breakup. So we had eight years of Mellow. That means four years to hate him. And then you just got to move on. So I just feel like we're like salty exes, even though like, we're actually in a better position. Like We're married, we have a beautiful family, and yet we're still like,
0: I'm going to stalk your page. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then game two happened. And really, I think the turning point in the series was Malone put Gordon on Lillard in the second half of game two and it completely changed how Lillard played. And then the nuggets played him differently. It didn't always work obviously, but I think that that was a huge move. And I think that Gordon was very underrated in what he did this series. Like he showed up on defense a lot and he showed up at the right times on offense, including that three he made last night that started the run in game six.
1: Yeah. Um, And like credit to him, it's, low volume, but I think he's at 50% shooting from three uh, in the playoffs, and that's just not, not what we've been expecting. And I think in our last episode, I was talking about how, like, kind of unimpressive he's been. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he just – don't want to call – he's not a – he's a lowercase X factor in terms of the game. Like, there's times where he can disappear, but it was clear that Portland's offense – saw him and felt his presence. So that was really cool.
0: And I think, you know, as a starter, he was one of the five best players for the Nuggets because Faku wasn't and uh, Morris was. And I think that that, like, you want all your starters to be your best five players. And obviously, talent-wise, Morris is now the closer for the Nuggets. So I think that that sort of worked out.
1: Yeah. And he's not like... The Nuggets don't have a big three without Murray right now. Yeah. But they've got... A, a giant two and then just like solid solid role players mm-hmm. and i think gordon's the most valuable of that group
0: yeah i think that's true so they they won that game split split at home and then austin rivers uh won game three for them and in, in quite a performance that i still don't quite have words for i mean we knew that austin rivers was a good player but i didn't think he was going to win a game for the nuggets in this series
1: no not at all <laughs> L- like i mean that's where is it the coaching staff Can, do they just really have the ability to pull the absolute most out of guys there's like um what well, game five marcus howard had a bit of a yeah a, a bit of a showcase himself um But yeah, I mean, Rivers, you could just tell, like, this is a dude who cares. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there's the viral gif of him, like, thanking God after Lillard missed a shot. But he's just, like, solid veteran presence, a guy who understands his role. He dribbles absolutely too much for my liking. Um, But more times than not, he makes the right play, and he's, like, gotten hot at the right times in terms of he's going to put the ball in the hoop when you need him to.
0: Well, and I think that, you know, the nuggets, it felt like they didn't have any guards going into this series. They had a backup point guard that we knew was more than a backup point guard in Morris. And then you had Faku Compazzo, Austin rivers starting for you. And then the Howard and maybe Shaq Harrison, um, as your other guards without Dozier or Barton or Murray. And it was just like, well, this is why they have no chance because they may only have one of the best five guards in this whole series. And that's a really hard way to play. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Um, but like, Faku, God bless him, dude, cannot get to the rim to score at all. Like, it's his inability to score at the rim. Is only matched by his ability for those amazing outlet passes, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it was like such an offensive deficit in that regard when I mean, you're going up against Lillard and McCollum and even Anthony Simons, who like I don't know Terry Stocks may be fired by now, even
0: yeah. But
1: I thought it was strange that they were not utilizing him more. Um, and Norman Powell, he like had that incredible. What game four mm-hmm. that um, absolutely doomed the Nuggets.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think you know everyone talked about Powell being the third best player, and we just didn't see that enough. You know, third best offensive player for the for Portland, and I think that if you're on the Portland side, on top of all of the other problems, where everything from like Danny Ainge is going to come in here and save this to everybody's about to leave, those are those are the two extremes that we're dealing with right now with Portland. Um, the fact that You couldn't get any, like, there is sort of where the Nuggets were two years ago. No one showed up enough for Lillard, and Nurkic showed up the most, but he couldn't stay in the game. And you're just like, oh, it would be, if this was the other side, like, we would have expected this this year from the Nuggets, but we would still be very disappointed.
1: Yeah, that's, and uh, as someone who doesn't hate Mello, it kind of felt like with him and Lillard, they had a Team of Destiny vibe to them. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I'm still just so shocked. The like Nuggets one in six. That, well, and, I, don't necess- yes, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily believe in home cooking, um, or like rigging, but if I'm the NBA, a lot of the series so far have been duds or like not even a question. This was the most competitive and electric one. Adam Silver won it a game seven.
0: Yeah. And I mean, now the, the weekend schedule is just pretty sparse because the, Nuggets and Phoenix aren't even going to play till Monday. So like you yeah. got three games this weekend because of this. So I think that uh the other thing um, with the Mellow thing sort of culminated in game five, and I guess let's talk about that game now. But the fact that Melo couldn't even play all of overtime, that just like halfway through the first overtime, they were just took Mello out and were like, Okay, we're done with Melo. He can't go anymore. Like that sort of summed up everything of where Mello is. Like he he added a few sparks in the series but not enough and I don't think he I don't think he really has at best I think he can be a Paul Millsap for somebody going forward where it's like if you're relying on him for 6 to 8 minutes a night maybe you're fine but anything more you're asking too much. Yeah, I mean he's better than Kyle Kuzma
1: so mm-hmm. that's the the floor that we can set. And yeah, the ceiling is I mean, he like abs- He's increased his uh, value in his career. I th- think he was a great fit for Portland in some ways, but yeah, just he was not able to maintain the stamina necessary to be that X factor. We were afraid he was going to be in the first game.
0: Yeah. Um, so game five, which will be the game we remember most from the series. Uh, Nuggets had a 20-point lead in the second quarter, completely blew it by halftime, and it felt a lot like the Game 7 from two years ago, which actually uh, my friend Jeremy, uh, apparently we we met up with him at halftime of that Game 7, which I don't remember at all because I just remember being in despair about that game, and he just was like, you guys were really down on the Nuggets at halftime that game. That's all I remember. It was like, well, we were right, so I don't know. I don't know what you wanted, but that was sort of how I felt. Uh, and i was i was at the game for game 5 and that was sort of how i felt where it was just like i can't believe we're doing this again especially because i had felt so good after game 3 where i was like okay like the nuggets are unstoppable and then game hey. 4 happened and then it was like man if you lose game 5 this thing's going to be over really quickly
1: at home yeah it, the the lead just like the way they were playing, which is still fascinating to me about basketball is that like a 20 point lead is not incredible. We saw it last night almost. Yeah. Um, But just like the way they were playing, it felt again, like so simple, so easy. That it was like, oh, there's just really no answers um, that Portland can bring out. And it didn't even feel like the Nuggets started playing dumb in the second quarter. Yeah, But shots just started to fall. Lillard turned it on a little bit. And very quickly, yeah, it was that feeling of old. Like, oh, this is what I get for having hope.
0: Yeah, and I I mean, they, they fell behind. Early fourth quarter, it wasn't going well. And then they turned it around and started stepping it up. And, you know, Jokic was leading that charge. And then Lillard just wouldn't miss for six minutes or whatever and just could make any single shot he wanted to in That's, the regulation and I think and I
1: texted you it's like it felt like they were gonna the Nuggets were gonna lose so my like silver lining was like well you're getting to watch <laughs> an all-time performance yes and I almost I felt bad for him at the end of it
0: yeah I mean and I think that the parallel is just we saw how hard Jokic played in the 4 overtime game two years ago and then lost and that was so crushing <clears throat> and I mean, I ultimately ended up being the difference in that series. And it was like the same thing for Lillard. Like he did all of that and they still lost. Like, that's really hard. Yeah. Um, And I think that, you know, it wasn't clear that he was ever going to miss. And then when he finally did, it was like, okay, the Nuggets can turn this around. And that was only in the second overtime because he did it again in the first overtime. And they had like a 10 point lead in the first overtime early. And you're like, oh, they're cruising. And it just completely evaporated again.
1: It was, yeah, and evaporated is the only word, but it's just shot after shot after shot. And sorry if I, if I keep darting around.
0: It's, no, it's it's okay. The huge storm clouds over me right now. And you got the New York traffic. Like he he's really in New York, guys. If you can't tell from the horns in the in the background.
1: <laughs> I don't want this actually nice looking kitchen food. Come uh, my apartment's fine. But I'm definitely in the city at a <laughs> Small New York City spot, um, but yeah, I think that's that the big divide there was that at a certain point it just became the Lillard show, and it kind of froze out his teammates in a way. Mm-hmm. Like you let him take every shot, but the Nuggets had to like keep punching with different players, whereas it was at then at one point one v five, and. I think by the time, poor CJ, I like CJ McCollum, but then by the
0: time he got the ball, like mentally
1: was not in a place to play as clutch as his teammate.
0: Yeah, and I mean, he, you know, won some games for them two years ago. He didn't win any games for them this year. The games that he did well, they lost.
1: Yeah, well, that's like, without Tory Craig, the Nuggets couldn't shut down Lillard the way that they did in that series yeah so he got his points but just no one else was able to step up enough like all of their like I look at that Portland team that's one of the best Portland teams like you would trade Robert Covington over Al Farouk Aminu any day of the week Norman Powell over Rodney Hood any day of the week
0: yeah I mean that's true the only thing that was different from two years ago was that they other than Nurkic, they had no answer for Jokic, and that really played out after he fouled out in that game, game five. Because, uh, I mean, Cantor became unplayable in game two after he hit him in the head, and it was like, okay, we can't do this anymore. And then they tried Mello a little bit, and that really didn't work. And uh, Rondé Hollers-Jefferson, I mean, I don't even know that he ever tried to guard Jokic when he was in the game. Uh, it, no, was, it really just
1: is like, it doesn't matter your talent you're too small.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So then, so yeah, they win that game. And in large part, the last two games, uh, Jokic was their best player, but their most important player for both of those games was Monte Morris and him really coming out. And I think I probably said on this podcast, or at least said to you after the first month of the season, it was clear that Morris was the second best player on the team. And that was with Murray on the team. And, Uh, Porter was in and out because he had the COVID thing and all of that. But through the first month, if you're going to say who was the second best player, it was Morris. Then he had the injury and obviously Murray got better and seemed to have rested and all of that. And you come into the playoffs and you kind of forgot he was even going to be around because it had been so long since we saw him. And then he really showed up and you saw everything that should get Nuggets fans excited about being able to have him on the court for this playoffs going forward. But then when you have him and Murray coming back uh, next year, like that just gives you such a good finishing unit for the Nuggets.
1: Yeah. And that's, so I'm just looking up now, like, I don't know if PJ Dozier is a uh, free agent next year. But yeah, like, there's a certain point that with Faku starting to emerge, PJ Dozier playing well, it really didn't feel like there was a space for Monte. And I felt bad. Like, Dude definitely gave up money to stay with the Nuggets. Yeah, and like he he is a starter for a lot of teams. And you think some of the teams that got bounced, like, he would have been great for the Knicks. Yeah, um, would have been great for the Lakers. But he got to hit his free throws in clutch time. But absolutely, he has just a mentality. I think. If there's anyone who embodies the culture of the Nuggets over the past several years, the best it would be Monte Morris. Just in terms of a guy being coached to his full potential, a dude buying into the system, loving it, and supporting his teammates. Wow, it is a hurricane happening outside. I
0: was like, it's just—it it sounds like you're outside. No, that's crazy. Um, okay, so now it is storming in Quinn's house. If you're if you're wondering what's going on with the audio. And there's a window yeah there's a window that's
1: like slightly doesn't close all the way and I'm feeling rain
0: on me I'm oh like man 10 feet away from the window well uh i just to wrap this up i just wanted to say like the two the two images i will take from this series are jokic's uh rebound put back at the end of game 2 where it was like somehow game 2 got really close again and they are are uh, Portland missed the free throw. He didn't put it back. Portland misses the free throw with like three seconds left. No, the Nuggets did, right? Yeah, yeah. Nuggets. It was Monte yeah. Morris. Yeah. yeah, Morris misses the three free throw. Jokic goes between two guys, and they end up winning the game that way by put him putting it back. That and then his pass to uh, Porter in game five where he waited got the defender to cut with Gordon and then the defender ended up on the ground. Porter was all alone in the corner, made that three and that ended up being the game winner of the double overtime game. Oh yeah,
1: dude. The, absolutely. I'm ready to watch like during off season, the 12 minute breakdown of that play itself on YouTube. Um, for me, I think it's the, the, the Austin rivers just thank God to dames miss and then it is the series of hugs that Jokic gave to Portland players last night.
0: Yeah. Because it really was
1: like a big brother consoling.
0: <laughs> I think all of that is great. And I think also like the moment of the series is Jokic passes that ball to Porter and he just starts walking back to get back on defense because he like knew it was over. He was like, I don't need to do anything else. We're done. Yeah, dude. That's so good. Ooh. Yes, yes. <laughs> And also the fan blowing kisses to Portland in game two. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's
1: super awkward where it looked like you had.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, this has been fun. We'll definitely check in about about the Nuggets as they face the Phoenix Suns in a series where they'll be the underdogs. But uh, they have some good matchups, and Phoenix is kind of hurt. So it'll be interesting to see what happens.
1: Yeah. I like, we had enough to talk about, we didn't even talk about the Suns, but it's a series of two very underrated teams, Yeah, and it's going to be exciting for sure.
0: Yeah, well, uh, tune in to the Denver's again soon, and we'll have more playoff updates from the Avs and Nuggets, and no Rockies talk, and we all know what the one Broncos episode would be, but nothing on that yet, so we'll talk <laughs> to you soon. And right, peace!